This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh and I talk about the college football playoff. We break down the two semifinal matchups. Can Texas surprise everyone and beat Washington, or does Michael Penix Jr. lead Washington to victory? And does Michigan have what it takes to prove everyone wrong and win a title this year? And then we talk about the New Year's Six Bulls. We break down each game. We give you our thoughts, give you our picks. And finally, we break down the news coming out of Cleveland and everywhere else in the NFL. All that and so much more coming up on the Baseline Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast. I'm Ben. That's Josh. And uh, Happy New Year. Uh, the next time we record, it will be 2024, Josh. It will be 2024 the next time we record. Isn't that crazy? Another, another great year in the books. Yeah. It is. And that will, that will, t- it, we're actually approaching two years of doing the podcast together. Hmm. That is, that is wild to think about. Yeah. Been it's, doing it for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. We're old now. We're getting old, gray haired. Uh, no, how was, before we get into the sports stuff, Josh, how was your Christmas? Tell us about your favorite gift. My favorite gift. Uh, so I basically was just looking for a lot of uh, like cold weather gear and practical things that, is going to help me with all my new job 20, that I got. 20 plus year olds are looking for. Yeah, it, it's not the anything really glamorous or flashy. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's like warmer socks and some warm long sleeve shirts I can wear underneath my uniform yeah, yeah. When, for the winter. Uh, and then I got a Yeti uh, for the summer Ooh. so I can keep, so I can keep drinks cold in there when it's there feeling like a hundred plus degrees. So that's kind of like what I got. And as far yeah. as like the time goes, it was uh, basically just immediate family at home hanging out. Yeah. Uh, kind of like what I was uh, getting at um, last week when we were talking traditions and stuff. So it was a good nice. Christmas though. Nice. Mm-hmm. That is, that is fun. Uh, my favorite Christmas gift um, was it's actually going to be some, I'm going to be getting, I actually got two things. I got a knife. I probably shouldn't show the knife on our camera. Cause then I feel like we'll get it banned or something, but uh, <laughs> I, I did get a knife from my wife is handmade here in Hungary. Oh, that's so cool. Really fun. Um, maybe, you know what? Screw it. I don't care. Um. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's check this out. Yeah, it was, um, was this something that was at one of those uh, Christmas yes, markets? Exactly. It was at a mm. blacksmith spot. Here we are. Mm. Little little unique. Little unique knife here. It's like uh it it might it, I have to I'm gonna have to readjust the handle a little bit, but if you can see, I don't know if you can see it's yeah. But if you see this here, it's it's stamped like his the person's like thing. But I think it's really unique. Mm. It looks kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Adds yeah. to my unique knife collection. Um, it's only it's only um, steel, so I'll have to like keep it oiled because like because they don't really stamp it like they don't really make them the way they do in the stage where they have all the fancy metals. It's it's really what you have and and they put it together. So hmm. that was my favorite. And then also my wife's getting me wood carving tools, so I'm going to be starting that up, which will be hmm. which will be a new journey for Ben Bowden. Um, but man, no, I'm talking like, about so, upper twenties gifts. Man, I know, dude. I feel like, dude. Toolbox. After you shared yours, then I shared mine. It's like people are going to listen yeah. to be like, do these dudes have any life? No, no, we don't. We, we are working. That's what it is. No, no, uh, no, uh, PS fives. Yeah. No TVs. No. That's true. <laughs> Jordans. Or all that. All like, that happens cool like, like that. that. All that happens when you 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 spoon your money together and you figure it out. Um. No, but yeah, it was a great time. Like you said, I was obviously not able to go home with family, uh, but we did go take the train down to uh, visit Rebecca's family, spend a few days with them. And then we took a a fancy train ride back. They have like this first class plus. It was amazing. It was actually really fun. We just thought, hey, why not? So uh, that's kind of fun. Um, But that is Christmas from Josh and I. Uh, We will obviously, you know, Talk about Christmas next year. But no, it is time to talk about football, Josh. Yes. There are games that have happened, obviously. There's games that are going on as we're recording. Um, like the Browns play tonight. Uh, as we're recording, Rutgers is beating Miami. Don't ask Yeah, me. the ask pinstripe that. bowl. I got that in the background yeah. right here. So so we a lot of things are happening, but we decided, hey, let's take the last really opportunity we have to talk about football for a big landscape. Let's talk about it um, before obviously other sports kind of pick up. So let's focus on these big new year six bowls and um, yeah, let's just have a little fun with it. So Josh kick it off. No pun intended. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get right into the, into the playoff matchups. And let's we'll do it, start man. with, let's do it. 
We'll start with Washington and Texas. Uh, that'll be the the night game, the, night one, uh, right? the Sugar Bowl. One, yeah, yeah, Sugar Bowl, eight forty-five. So I feel I like it's really, I think it's really funny that Michigan's not the night game. I just think that's hilarious. Yeah, Michigan, Alabama. I, I would have thought that. Would I thought be, that but for they, sure. They stayed. They kept the tradition of the Rose Bowl game yep, being played true. at five o'clock. So yep. respect that. There's still somewhat. There's, somewhat, there's some tradition. respect left. <laughs> there's still some respect in college football for tradition. But yeah, so Texas and Washington. I feel like these are two teams. I mean, with the exception that Texas does have a loss, but these teams have had some close calls this year. But at the end of the day, yep. they've just won games. They got two big time quarterbacks. They love to throw the football. They got yep. a respectable running game. Um, just uh, looking at these teams, Ben, it's it's tough to really see where anyone really has an edge because, I mean, both of them got some of the highest uh, passing offense in the country in terms of yards per attempt. I believe Washington I might be nine and Texas 15. And then you even go on the flip side and you look at passing defense and Washington's 23rd in yards per attempt allowed. And then you got Texas at 30th. Yeah. So it's like, okay, these, these teams, at least in terms of those stats, pretty even on paper. Um, then you look at the running game, and I know Texas lost their running back Jonathan Brooks a while ago, but they've been still uh, kind of by committee, keeping up a pretty good run game. Um, and Washington, I mean, Dylan Johnson has had some of his best games here at the, the end of the season and some of the biggest moments. So it's really like, okay, what I was looking at where um, I guess teams struggled and maybe where those uh, we got to see some of those strengths. And I really feel like Texas has done a better job of limiting or at least containing some of the better quarterbacks that they've played this year as opposed to Washington. Uh, I mean, they have played some of the best ones in the country, Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, whatnot. So obviously those guys are going to have big games. But at least the the big-time quarterbacks that Texas has played, and there's not many of them, but at least Dylan Gabriel, it was in a, in a losing effort on Texas' part, but they kept him under 300 yards and just one passing touchdown. Uh, with Kansas, uh, with uh, Jason Bean, they kept him, I think, 9 of 21 in that game. And then just recently in these last couple of games, they've just been heating up. And I feel like maybe Texas, although Washington has been more tested, Texas is bringing a little bit more momentum in here, fresh off Quinn Ewers coming back. And like I said, the run game still finding success even without uh, Jonathan Brooks. But that's kind of my thoughts going into this game. I think I lean a little bit Texas's way. What are you, Ben? What are you thinking, Ben? You know, it's it's very interesting. If you would have told me back in August when we started talking about college football, or even like when we were sitting in my my parents' kitchen and we were talking about college football, I I I think it would have been crazy for me to think Texas would be here. It's still weird for me. Like Washington can see it, Michigan can see it, Alabama can see it. It's just weird to say Texas is in the top four. Like it's just to me, my mind just doesn't register it. Um, but again, hats off to Texas. Like again, that's nothing against Texas. It's just the fact that they haven't proven anything over the last twelve years, thirteen years. Um, so for me, I, it's very interesting. Obviously, I mean, we are a play away from having Arch Manning in a semifinal. Like we we are literally a play away from something happening to Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning. Wouldn't that be the story? Arch Manning leads Texas to a national title. It would just break all headlines. Um, do I think it will happen? No, um, but it is a thing to keep an eye on. So, um, no, I, I'm kind of with you, but I. I Part of me is like Washington's just been that team that like no matter what happens, they just somehow win. Like it, they it, just it win. Just, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how ugly it is. Uh, it does not matter how pretty it is. Like they find a way to win. Um, Michael Penix is 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 probably the second best quarterback really in in college football behind um, Daniels from LSU. And look. I, I like Texas. I, I like what they're doing. Um, I think Steve Sarkeesian has them at the best we've seen them since Mac Brown and and what back in the you know late two thousands. Uh, but for me, I, I just it, it's I'm so like I could flip a coin on that. I think both games I could do really. But I think this yeah. game, I, I look at the stats and and I saw the same stats that you read out for the for the audience. And and for me, it's one of those things where who is going to have the better start to the game, right? We talk about this with a high state. I think we've said this every week with a high state. Like if they start fast, if they start on top not many teams are going to be able to compete with them. I think it's the same thing for both of these teams. If Washington starts fast, they get up two scores. It's going to be really hard for Texas to keep up. And I think it's the same the other way because I think Texas maybe has a slightly better defense than Washington, depending on how you look at it. Um, But right now, I'm really... It's tough, but I I think I'm going to go... Here's my score prediction. I'm going to drill down with something on it. For me, I got Washington winning 
I'm going to say 34-30. And I'm going to say Michael Penix throws for 350 and four touchdowns. I think this is a Michael Penix game to put a statement in saying, hey, I'm kind of ticked off that I didn't win the Heisman. I'm going to put a statement game in. Um, I just, Mm -hmm. I think Washington, they find a way to win somehow and some way. And I think they're going to find a way to win uh, this week. Yeah, it is tough, man. I mean, even like right down to star power, you you look at Texas receiving group and it's A.D. Mitchell, it's Xavier Worthy, it's Jordan Whittington. And then you go over to Washington and it's Roma Dunze and it's Jalen McMillan. But you brought up Michael Penix. And I mean, if we're looking at even teams, I'm looking at Penix, a veteran, a guy that's been playing college been football there, I believe, for five or six years. I mean, he's been working towards this moment one of the best quarterbacks in the country, like you said, too. And and not that Quinn Ewers isn't one of those, but it's, it's just like, okay. Inconsistent. Yeah, been consistent. Um, one other thing I was looking at, too, is how these teams have played rush defense, too. And in the, in the conference championship week, Washington held Bucky Irving nine carries, 20 yards. And then uh, Texas held Allie Gordon 13 carries, 34 yards. So it's like they're cleaning up on the defensive end, too. And, I mean, obviously, since those were – Kind of both runaway games, at least the Washington-Oregon one was at one point, and they kind of took the Oregon run game away. The yards per carry still is pretty low there, so they've been doing a good job there too. And I know I said earlier that I was kind of leaning towards Texas, but it's just like in the big games like this, I I really do kind of lean towards towards the veterans, and I think I'm going to go ahead and give this one to Washington just because, too, they've just been getting things done. They've been tested, I think, a little bit more so recently than Texas has had. Um, so I'm going to go ahead with you and uh, after hearing your argument, agree with you and Washington winning this one. And I could see it going a little bit higher scoring too. Not not by much, but I could see Penix getting a 38, 40-ish there. But Texas, I'll go ahead and leave at the same spot. Josh agrees with me. It's a new day. It's a new day. Josh oh, agrees man. with me. At least for at least for this one, Michigan see, Alabama. See, we had to stop I'm, it there. I'm yeah, we had to stop it. I'm wondering if we're gonna differ. I'm wondering. Oh, 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 oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know. True, maybe. I don't know. We'll but see. I led off with my thoughts on Texas Washington, so I'll let you lead off with your thoughts yeah. on Alabama Michigan first. Yeah, you know, I think if I think both of us, I, I think me and you both, like I, I don't think either of us saw Alabama beating Georgia. I think we both kind of said, Mm -mm. no, we see Georgia, that their firepower and the way they are. But again, we've said this all year. We said this last year, the year before, like Nick Saban is just like kind of like Bill Belichick, maybe not this year, Bill Belichick, but in the sense of like, you can't count teams out that are coached by great coaches. Um, And look, Nick Saban's been there, done that. You know, when he's in the cultural playoff, for the most part, he's getting to that national title game, you know, (laughs) High State took him down year one, but uh, we won't talk about that. Um, but uh, no, I, I, for me, looking at this game, Jalen Milrow has been a huge difference maker. I mean, huge. if you, I don't know if you saw the, I, I posted on our story, but like before he got benched, he was struggling. After his benching, he's looked like a totally different quarterback. And I think part of that is going to, I think, Josh, you know, because you were an athlete. There's just something about when you get benched and told like, hey, you're not good enough right now. There's something that drives you as a competitor, right? We talked about Ohio State, how Kyle McCord really didn't have that. You look at Alabama, Jalen Milrow, Milrow has that. Like he said, look, Heisman's mine, even though we all knew he wasn't winning the Heisman, right? Like this is the kind of confidence you want as a quarterback. And I think you look at the offense. Yeah, I don't think they're as flashy as maybe they've been in the past. Um, even if you look at the defense, they're not as maybe as flashy, but they're so fundamentally sound. And since that Texas game, they've looked really, really good. And then in Georgia, they just said, Hey, Georgia, we're better than you. Um, it's to me, it's showing that Nick Saban is willing to make adjustments more so than maybe other coaches in, in college football. Like he realized what needed to change and he, he changed those, the game plan. And again, we were so worried about the quarterback situation coming into this year and it all planned out. It all panned out to be what what needed to be. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I just I'm really interested to see how the Alabama offense faces against this Michigan defense because I look at Michigan now. You have Blake Corum, who is close to setting the record for most touchdowns in the Big Ten, I believe, and in a single season. You also look at you also look at um, this Michigan team, and you see well they've run the ball a lot. Yeah, but even against Ohio State, they didn't throw the ball well. 
They didn't throw the ball great. They did what they had to do to win. This is my thing. Can Michigan throw the ball? Do they trust their quarterback? Josh, we've said it for weeks now. Do they trust their quarterback? J.J. McCarthy has been so inconsistent the last five weeks of throwing the ball. And that's what worries me because, look, this is the one thing Alabama does well is they play SEC football. If Alabama gets ahead, Josh, the question is, does does Harbaugh believe enough in J.J. McCarthy to say, we're going to try to win this game throwing the ball because they cannot run the ball four quarters being down. They can't. They have to throw the ball. Um, So, again, I think the biggest keys are the Alabama offensive line running game versus this Michigan uh, defensive line, the Michigan defensive uh, backfield. Like, what is going to happen in that that outing, that matchup? And then finally, is J.J. McCarthy going to be allowed to throw the ball? Um, and I think that's a big if again, Michigan, for some reason has picked up more haters. I mean, we know why this year. Um, I don't know if you just saw the the thing where they're, they're not allowed to use iPads before the game because of the Michigan situation where they're not allowed to look at. Yeah. It's so weird. There's just some weird things happening. And I'm going to say this, I'm saying this is just someone look at this game. I'm not counting out Nick Saban again because I've counted him out all year and it's really biting me in the butt. So I'm going to say Alabama wins this game. I'm going to say 28-17 Alabama. Mm. Yeah, I've I've been kind of going back and forth on this game too because I could see it going a couple different ways. And Alabama by by no stretch has been like unbeatable. We've we'd mentioned no, yeah. uh, during the basically our playoff reaction how they've had their share of struggles you mentioned Milrow being benched earlier in the season but I mean has been one of the most uh dominant uh quarterbacks I feel like uh, over the last half of the season so he's really stepped up and kind of on the flip side JJ McCarthy while he has been one of the more opposite quarterbacks has been less involved and I've heard the argument or was reading through some arguments on Twitter between uh, the fan bases about how much that might have to do with Jim Harbaugh not being on the sideline either because Sharon Moore is in those cases being a head coach, an offensive line coach, and a play caller. And how much time does he actually have to be with yeah. JJ and like discuss things? And it's like, okay, I could kind of see that. And then when when Jim comes back, then it's like, okay, that kind of levels things out and lets everybody kind of do their own job. So it's like, okay, maybe there's a little bit of truth to that. But even still, it's like one other thing that I really like about Michigan, and you mentioned all the the hate and the allegations and everything that they've been dealing with. And this team's culture is just, it's, it appears to me to be like super strong, just not that they've blocked out all the, all the noise because they've had their own reactions to Jim Harbaugh's suspensions and stuff, but they've just kept their cool. They've kept their heads down. They've been playing together and they're just going out there and winning. So it's another thing that I really like about this Michigan team is they've had, a lot of a lot of weird stuff to deal with this year, and they've just kept their head down and ignored it, uh, and they've just won. Beating mm-hmm. Penn State, beating Ohio State, they got some good wins on their resume. Uh, one other thing, too, they really have – I mean, we know that they like to run the football, but they haven't been as efficient at running they the football as in the no. past. This, they're 60th in the country in yards per rush attempt, like just, just over four the way, yards. The way Michigan talks about it, you would think they're number two. <laughs> Yeah, like much more so last year. Yeah, Last year was when they were running the football and you knew that they were running the football and they didn't care that you knew they were just going to do it because they were that good at it. And they were one of the most dominant rush offense in the country. And this year, I mean, they've they still have been, uh, I think, more run first. This just hasn't been as efficient of a run game. And uh, yeah, so then that brings up the question of is JJ going to be able to. Uh, take over if they can't get the the run game going like they need to. But we also know that Alabama's had their, I guess, struggles against the run. Auburn ran the football pretty well against them, uh, I feel like. And then you look at secondaries, and it's you know Michigan with Will Johnson, Mike Sanders still, and Rod Moore in the backfield. And then on the Bama side, you got guys like Kool Aid McKinstry and uh, Caleb Downs, talented young freshman over there. And neither team really has many dominant receivers, so I don't know how much. Uh, that's going to, I guess, be it's an gonna be, it's gonna be an game. old classic game. That's what it's gonna it be. It is. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is as good as uh, Jalen Milrow is, I feel like that's gonna be the best quarterback that Michigan has faced this year. But as far as like the passing games go, I really feel like both 
that's kind of like a, a strength for both teams with uh, the secondary there. So who's going to be able to run the football, Ben? Um, I think that's what it's going to come down to is getting getting those starts. Like you said, Michigan's going to have to start fast. Uh, I don't know if they're built to play from behind. At least we haven't really seen them have to play from behind. That, that's what we were mad. That's what we both said Ohio State struggled with because we both said that if Ohio State gets on top, it changes the game. It changes how the game's played. It changes it, everything that Michigan's yeah, trying to do. Yeah. It changes everything. And they didn't do that. And I think that's what Alabama's, that's probably what Nick Saban's preaching right now. He's probably like, mm-hmm. guys, we got to get out in front. We have to get out in front. And then even uh, even still, like you look at, uh, it is cool that Jim Harbaugh is back, but he's never really been great at prepping for these kind of big time no. games. No. And on the flip side, Nick Saban and he's Alabama, pro. even on the years that, and this is another year that we really don't think that they should be there, they always seem to rise to the occasion always. in these big games. And I don't want to bet against Nick Saban either, again, like I have in the earlier this season. So as much as I want to say Michigan, number one, great culture, ignoring the haters, finally going to get over that hump. And as much as I want to be like, I don't think Alabama deserved to be in the playoffs based on their resume, they should get spanked in the first round. I can't do it. And I am also going uh, the more low-scoring route in this one. I I think you said 28 to 17? Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm going uh, going 24 to 14. Yeah, I think I think we both say it's it's like I also believe in the fact that coaches prove what they're worth. And I think Harbaugh, yeah, he's won a lot of games in the regular season, but he just can't win in the postseason. He just can't. Yeah. And I, I think that it. changes. I'm I've been doing everything I can to make myself convinced that Michigan can win this game. And I just I, just, I, can't I just don't do think it. they can. I, can't do it. I, I want them to. And I know I want them to, and I can't make And myself, I know the like, comments are gonna be blowing up, be like, Ben just hates them because he's a high estate fan. No, I'm just being a f I'm looking at the facts, and that's what I'm looking at. And I again if Ohio State Ryan was in Day there, can't win big games either. That's what, again. I, I I've I have always said that the difference between Urban Meyer and Ryan Day is Urban Meyer won the big games when needed. Right outside that one Clemson loss, he'd won the big games. Truly, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just, it's just it sucks for Michigan too because this is I mean this is a veteran group that's been together yes. for a while. We it's don't like forty four seniors or something like that. Yeah, the offensive line's been together for a while. We got a lot of uh, leaders in that on that defense, uh, the offense as it's well. It's not going to look like a very deep team next year. Yeah, and I mean it's up for discussion whether or not Jim Harbaugh is going to go to the NFL. He got offered a new 10 year deal. (laughs) Yeah. That's an interesting deal that Michigan gave him, but he has to, he can't entertain any NFL offers that first year, which we both know he wants to. Yeah. But it's also funny that it's only that first year and not never. Yeah. It's basically like, Hey, just can you get us through next year so we can get a replacement is pretty much what it is. Maybe. Yeah. But all right. I guess we agree on both matchups. We think we're going to see in Alabama, Washington National Championship then. That is true. I'm not going to comment on that matchup until it actually happens. Yes, that's true. Same. It sounds, it sounds fun either way. Yeah. Man. All right. So that's playoffs. Uh, other New Year's Six games. So we can go ahead and discuss Ohio State, Missouri. And when we had initially talked about this game, we knew that Kyle McCord wasn't going to be playing. And now we know that it's going to be Devin Brown. But I think to our surprise, we're going to also be seeing guys like Emeka Ibuka, Trey mm-hmm. Henderson, and it sounds like JTT. JTT, uh, Sawyer. Sawyer. We're still waiting to hear from Marv, but basically no starter has said, no starter. yeah, I'm sitting out. No. It, it is fascinating. I mean, the only things we heard is obviously Chip Trainum is transferred out. He's going to Kentucky. Um, they're down to two scholarship running backs with Travion Henderson and with um, uh, what's the other one? Is it Dallin uh, Hayden? Yeah, Dallin Hayden. Uh, and TC Caffey has a walk-on. So those are your three running backs. Um, I guess uh, Stover has said that he has a bad knee injury, but he's going to play it because he wants to play with his brothers. And I'm telling you, if people can stop talking crap about him, like I hear so much like, oh, I'm like, dude, this dude and Eichenberg have pushed themselves through so much for this team. When it's looked bad, they've pushed themselves through. So um, Eichenberg is still up in the air. So the only ones that are up in the air is obviously Harrison. He hasn't officially announced, but I mean, the guy hasn't practiced all week. It's not looking like he's going to play. Um, even though if if you look at the pictures, Josh, it's really funny. He looks so demoralized that he can't be out there with his brothers. You know it as well as I do. He's like the biggest team player. And I think it it 
hurts him knowing that he has to take this opportunity to make a lot of money <laughs> or risk injuring himself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Eichenberg's up in the air. It's based on uh, his elbow. If it feels good or not for sat, uh, for Friday. Um, so that's interesting, but it's crazy to think about. Denzel Burke says he's made a decision, but he won't announce it until after the game. JTT is at least the only one that, so I'll clarify, the only ones truly announced that they're coming back for the 2024 season is Cody Simon. All the other ones that have a have a um, decision to make, they have not announced anything yet. So insiders say that there means there's more people leaning. I don't know. But what this does tell me, Josh, is that people that have been bashing the culture of Ohio State have been proven wrong. Because I think a lot of people said that this team wasn't going to show up to want to fight to win. And this, to me, shows they want to be here to win. That's at least my thought. Yes, yeah, so that's, I mean, it's a surprise to me to hear all that. But I think it's the right decision for a lot of them, too, just because, Yeah. I mean, Henderson's had his injuries that, um, I mean, he could really do himself good if he comes back. Not only plays this game, but plays next season. Uh, could prove himself uh, to Burke, be first maybe round. coming back and maybe first round Burke, kind of the same thing uh, JTT I'd like to see him be a little bit more dominant yeah. uh, on the pass rush same as Sawyer so I think all those and Igbuka too I think I don't think Igbuka is a first round talent yet but could definitely develop into one and it would be and, huge um, for Devin Brown if Devin Brown's a starter next year to have a guy that he can trust yeah. That'd be huge. And so the, the thing is, without Julian Fleming obviously transferred out, the starting receivers you're going to see tomorrow is you're going to see Carnell Tate, Xavier Johnson, and Emeka Buka. Who would have thought that? <laughs> but think about it, Josh. Isn't this remind you of, of the Rose Bowl two years ago when Marvin Harrison went off for three touchdowns? Like, this is what it's setting up to be is like, this is a breakout game for someone. Jaden Ballard, maybe, whoever it will be. I'll be interested to see. Obviously, Missouri doesn't have their two top defenders. They're missing with injury. Um, so, again, it's going to be an interesting game for sure. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, too, uh, Missouri, it looks like they're going to have a lot of guys come in to, or playing in this game, too. Yep. They got a couple of key starters on defense, a corner and a linebacker that were their top guys, too. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some of their top defenders are, are injured, so they're not going to be playing in that game. But, as far as some of those other guys, like we mentioned, Cody Schrader, the running back, he's going to be playing, and basically all their other guys um, are going to be in this game too. So we're going to see an almost full-strength Ohio State and Missouri team in this. And, I mean, I'd love to see it. In these New Year's Six games, you you don't want to have to really be watching uh, backups and and just, you know, guys that you didn't see yeah. on the field all year. I mean, if, it's that, if that's the case, then it's only interesting for – those teams fans because then it's like okay what do we have coming up maybe next year but yeah. at least now this this game still has like and, some national relevance to it it's huge for Devin Brown like De- is. this is this is Devin Brown's show this and you is Devin want, Brown's chance to show great, that you don't need a transfer quarterback yeah. I'm the guy yeah and and this also you know I bet you'll agree with this Josh what's also awesome to see is that Devin Brown they there's been like reports coming out that he's so comfortable and confident and I think part of that is Josh is he doesn't have anybody to compete with. Like Ryan Day said, Hey, this is your job for this week. Don't worry about anything else. Like there's something about getting guaranteed this back. They back you, I guess the players back him. Um, again, he's more a- athletic. He's got a, b- a little bit bigger arm. Look, it's going to be fun to watch Josh. Even if they lose this game, I hate to say that, but even if they lose the game, just to see what you have in Devin Brown, finally will be awesome to see. Yeah. I mean, they they do uh, tweet it out the burning the burning the boats. Dude, too. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'm here, sure. I'm, yeah. I'm here in Columbus, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm not so going anywhere. Come and try to take the job if you want to. But yeah, I so uh, yeah, so my train of thought there at Ohio State, looking for redemption. Everybody obviously kind of has that same mindset of we can't end the season with two losses again, which is cool. Um, and then on the Missouri side, it's like this is one of the best seasons they've had in. Uh, program Years. at least in, in recent memory yeah for quite a while and most of those guys want to see it through too so this is going to be a a fun matchup I think uh, we've seen Missouri have some definitely go through some tests this year uh, the SEC East was definitely a lot more difficult than in the past they were a part of that thrilling game against Kansas State where there's that 60 something yard kick uh, to win it um, but just the way that uh, at least the way that I see it right now I'm leaning Ohio State just the only loss they had all year was to a really good Michigan team by a couple by points. <laughs> yeah, by a couple points, yeah. And with most of those guys coming back and 
that motivation to to not end the season with two losses, I think is and to prove people going to show. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think we're going to see a pretty motivated Ohio State team, and not that Missouri's not going to be motivated to go out and get an eleventh win this season. But I'm, I'm definitely leaning Ohio State in this one, given how many guys are going to be playing this game for them. Yeah, I'm with you. I I think again, if you would have asked me, Josh, when they first announced, and I didn't know who was playing, I would have probably said Missouri. I like, was leaning honest, Missouri, yeah. Right? But with all these guys coming back, um, I just think this is a great time for Ryan Day to prove people wrong. This is Ryan Day to prove people like, hey, I can win a, an important game. I can I can make adjustments where I'm needed to. Um, the defense, to go back to that defense that we've seen all year. Um, I'm going to go out and say Ohio State wins. I think it's going to be sort of low scoring. I'm going to say Ohio State wins 28 to 13. I think Ohio State's defense plays really well. They give up probably a touchdown. Um, but I, I think they just come out and do their thing. I think Devin Brown, I think he throws for like two touchdowns and Travion Henderson picks up the, uh, as I'd say, pick up the rest and let Travion Henderson do the rest. So uh, I'm going to say 28-13. Yeah, I, I really don't know what to make of Devin Brown, but I'm assuming that since he didn't beat out Kyle McCord that he might be similar caliber quarterback. So that means more that the athletic, defense is... <laughs> A little more athletic, yeah. Yeah, definitely not a statue. But I bring that up just because I think that this is going to be a game that Ohio State's defense is going to have to go out and win yeah. more so than uh, the offense is going to be capable of doing. So probably another low-scoring game here. Uh, I'll Just because I don't know what Devin Brown's going to give me, I'm going to give Ohio State 24, a little less than you. Uh, and then Missouri, um, as good as as fun as Cody Schrader is to watch, I, I don't know how much they're going to be able to score in this one. So uh, they haven't we'll they haven't really faced speed too much like a high state yeah. side to side. Yeah. I'm going gonna, gonna to go I'm going to go 24 to 10, 24 to 10 Ohio okay. State. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. 2 a.m. my time, by the way. Hmm. 2 a.m. your time. Love it. All right. Uh, so that is uh, Ohio State, Missouri right there. The. Which bowl is that? The Cotton Bowl. Cotton Bowl, yep. So let's surprised, go over. I'm surprised Cotton Bowl is still allowed to be called a Cotton Bowl. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the Fiesta Bowl, Oregon Liberty. So Bo Nix <laughs> is playing in this game too. This is going to be a blow. Love to see it. Guys staying in this up. one. But yeah, kind of on kind of a stories here is Oregon. So close to that playoff spot, but. Both losses this year came to Washington, and both of them were, you know, single score games too. And then you got Bo Nix coming back, like I just said, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And on the other side, you got Liberty, the undefeated no five team that everyone's excited about. Yeah, He's played no um, one. <laughs> possibly the best team that they played this year. Dare I say, was it Bowling Green Week oh, One? Gosh. Could it have and been? Bowling Green just got beat, by the way, in the bowl game. So by by five and seven Minnesota. Yeah, they so they went their schedule this year. It's Bowling Green, New Mexico State, Buffalo, Florida International, Sam Houston, Jacksonville State. I think that's another team that was bowl eligible. Uh, Middle Tennessee State, Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech, Old Dominion, UMass, UTEP, and New Mexico State. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean Liberty's kind of been one of those programs that's been on the up and up with Hugh Freeze, and then Jamie Chadwell took over, and um, obviously got me a New Year's Six game. So just continued the momentum and here they are now uh, ready to take a shot at Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Like they have a good but. quarterback, good running back, but look, <laughs> look, it's Oregon. Like no offense, Liberty. I have a lot of respect for Liberty uh, in a lot of their sports. I have connections, you know, people that have went there or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. There's not much to say other than, yeah, it's not going to be close. I, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be Oregon. Okay, I have a lot of Liberty friends that are just going to hate me when I say this. Uh, I'm going to say Oregon 42, Liberty 21. I think Liberty will squeak by a couple touchdowns here and there, but I think Oregon wins by double digits. So I'm going to go 42-21, Oregon. And Bo yeah. Nix is going to throw for six touchdowns. Mm. Yeah, right now I'm trying to figure out if uh... – we're gonna have Bucky Irving in this game too for Oregon, because then that's just like a, I just a don't slam dunk. Ohio State's <laughs> best weapon. Yeah, I mean, even still, it's like we've seen Oregon make examples of teams that that thought they should be here, like Colorado, and yeah. and and weren't there yet. Yeah, uh, Dan Lanning just 
really good at motivating. You know, speak, speaking of Colorado, you know, uh, Dion said that if they were in the playoff hunt, you know, who wouldn't want them in there? They would, they would be a show even if they were eight and four. And I'm like, okay, shut up, shut up, Dion. Just shut up. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, it would drive ratings just as yeah, Colorado. Awesome. Yeah. Has. And you get blown out by 30. Yeah. Everyone yeah. wants to see that. <laughs> everyone in the country will get to see them get blown out if that's the case. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and lean Oregon here too. Um, as much as a uh, fun story as it would be for Liberty to maybe get to a new year six game in Oregon to have a bunch of uh, guys hit the portal or opt out for the draft and whatnot. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. So um Fairy tale ending, uh, or fairy tale story is going to come to a close here, and I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, Oregon's going to win this game fairly, fairly easily, probably too. Mm, love it. Um, let's see here. Next, uh, next game we can discuss here. Uh, speaking of opt outs, uh, Florida State and Georgia. We've oh, seen a lot of a lot of things to talk about this game. <laughs> Florida State, this last I checked, has 15 total starters yeah. that are opting out in this game, including. Um, Trey Benson, their running back, their wide receivers, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, their tight end, Jaheim Bell. Um, obviously, Jordan Travis is hurt, yeah. and Rodemaker, ba- yeah. the backup quarterback, is going to be out of this one, and then just some yeah. other if key I could, guys on defense. If I could say something, say something, Josh, this is very interesting to me. Wouldn't you think a team that was denied what they felt they deserved to be in that title running, wouldn't you think that that team would just have everyone playing wouldn't you think a team that was so close to being there and feel disrespected and then yet half their guys decide not to play? I really really thought that that was going to be the case and that we were going to see two teams that felt gypped of a playoff spot have most of their guys play in this one. It just and try to make a statement, man. I'm like, whatever. Uh, sucks that this is the game that we're going to get. We're not going to get to see that. It, and but it shouldn't. But it shouldn't be that game. way. Like if they talk so much crap after the game, the freaking schools suing the ACC, the the government of Florida is like suing people, and yet your own players have said, "Yeah, we don't care anymore." Like. I hate we're in this part of college football, Josh. I hate it so much because 20 mm-hmm. years ago, these guys would be suiting up no matter how much money was at stake. And again, I, that's what bothers me about this is that there's no more loyalty in college football. It's, oh, well, money's there. Okay, I get if you're number one or two pick, but some of these dudes won't be a, like a second or third round pick. To me, it's just, it's bonkers. And it's so disrespectful to Georgia. It's like saying, here, Georgia, we're going to fold over. And at the same time, when all this is happening, Josh, and the other crazy part is that Florida State says, hey, if we win this game and and all the other undefeated teams lose, then we should be declared the national champion. Mm-hmm. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you're not going to win. I hinted at my pick, but you're not. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, I think Georgia. Uh, like four guys, I think. Five, maybe. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, some of the bigger guys. uh I mean, Brock Bowers did make the trip down as well as Mims, uh, one of their tackles. Uh, they came late, though. They haven't been down uh, for most of the week for practice and prep and stuff like that. So it could be a sign that it could be a sign that go and support the team and watch. Or it could be that uh, they don't really they don't really care. Saw that much. But I know Bowers was a little banged up and could have just been not or coming down late just because of health reasons, but not a confirmed opt out for either one yet at least, but we do know Carson Beck is back and he's going to be playing in this one. Um, but yeah, just with everybody out for Florida state and the fact that Georgia does still have some of their key guys playing this game, I'm, I'm leaning Georgia and I don't even know that it's going to be that close. No, I'm, I'm going to go Georgia. I'm going to think Georgia is going to drop 38 and I'm going to say Florida state scores 14. Mm, that's generous. No, I know it's generous, but I think maybe Florida State gets like a couple late, game, like a late score, maybe. So maybe it's like thirty-eight-seven in the fourth quarter, and they get like a gimme touchdown at the end, kind of like how we Gosh, see a lot of times. TD. Yeah. yeah, maybe. But that's what I want to yeah. say, and I don't think it's going to be that close. I think it's going to feel like a blowout. You know, like those games, like the Browns game this past week, that the score kind of looked a little different, but it just felt like a blowout. That's how I feel like this game's going to be. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. So that leaves us with what's just, your score uh, prediction then? Do you think that's generous? I, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, depending on how bad uh, Georgia wants to, I think they could hang 40 plus. Oh, and the fact that uh, Florida State only put up 14 in that uh, championship game against Louisville tells me that 
Georgia's probably going to hold them at least to that or less if they really wanted to. Yeah. But bowl games are always kind of kind of tricky to figure out. So I'll I'll give Georgia thirty eight, uh, not quite forty, and then I'll give Florida State a little bit more than what they probably should get, uh, like a thirty eight to seventeen score. Nice. Yeah. So that leaves us with Penn State, Ole Miss. This can be this one should be probably maybe, that might be the most fun game to be honest out of all of them outside of the highest State Missouri game. Possibly, yeah. Um, yeah, Penn State could have been. Uh, I mean, that's this was the same it's story a common as last story. year. <laughs> the same story. Just Ohio State and Michigan are better. They they could the be one of the is. best. They could be one of the best ten teams in the country as they're ranked ten. If you put but, them in any other conference, they probably finish first or second in most conferences. Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, they're winning the ACC if they're there. I feel like they're Big Twelve. They, they're probably winning. They could win the Big Twelve. They're capable of winning the Pac Twelve. Yeah, it's the. So the other thing, too, with this is they're obviously going to have then uh, Katron Allen. They're going to have Nicholas yeah. Singleton. They're going to have Drew Aller. Uh, you know, the super sophomore class over there is going to be playing. And on the flip side, Ole Miss is, uh, I mean, they're doing work in the transfer portal right now getting Dude, guys. Yeah, I don't know how many guys have opted out for them, but Jackson Dart is back and playing in this game. So it's really kind of tough to say which way this goes, but I feel like Ole Miss could have been one of those teams, too, whereas if they didn't have to play – uh, you know, both Alabama and Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe they're one of those teams that's winning almost any conference in the country too. So yeah. it's kind of like kind of similar similar stories there as we've brought up with some of these other matchups here. But yeah, this is this is another one of those games where it's just like a coin flip to me and I really don't know. Yeah. I mean I which guess way to go. I'm leaning more towards Ole Miss because Penn State in big games has not looked great. Uh you look at Michigan and Ohio State, they've looked really bad. Uh Drew Aller Josh, you've pointed out to it multiple times. Drew Aller in big games looks like a high school JV quarterback, right? He just doesn't. It's like he just disappears. They their run games like they and also you. I think we both have mentioned this how like they run the ball great for like three plays and then they never go back to the run. Like against high state, yeah. they ran like two or three great plays and then never went back to the run game, right? Like the play calling doesn't make sense and. I'm just worried that, yeah, the Penn State defense is really good, but whenever they've had to face a good offense, they've gotten shredded. Whenever they've had to face a good defense, they've gotten stopped. So that's what makes it really tough for me. Ole Miss is just, they've got so many weapons. Their defense is pretty solid. Um, Yeah, it's it's a tough game to figure out, but I I think I'm going to go Penn State 34. No, no, sorry. Penn State, let's go Penn State 28. Old Miss 38. So I'm going to go 38 28 Old Miss in mm. this game. Yeah. So this is just like some quick Twitter research right here, but it looks like Old Miss is only losing one, one key guy because of an opt out. Yeah. In this game. And then Penn State doesn't look like they, they're really missing many, or I mean, they're not missing a ton, but they, they are missing more than what Old Miss is. Yeah. Um, let me check here. See if I can get you some names because I know that there's some of those guys on the team. Uh, like, okay, yeah, Chop Robinson is one of those guys that Penn State's not going to have in this game, unfortunately. And I guess that's to be expected, being a possible first round pick right there. And looks like Abdul Carter is another one they're going to be missing. Um, yeah, mostly uh, mostly all on the defensive side for Penn State. It looks like, but. Yeah, Ole Miss near at full. So it looks like both teams are going to be almost, almost all the way at full strength. Uh, and yeah, it's tough. It's like Penn State. How good are they? They've lost to the best two teams they've played in. Ole yep. Miss, kind of the same thing. And both two teams happen to be one of the best in the country. Um, but yeah, with with Drew Aller not being a, a big performer in some of these big time games, and I've seen Jackson Dart sling it, you know, under the spotlight. Um, I'm going to go ahead and lean Ole Miss in this one. Mm. Score score prediction. Let's see. I mean, Penn State does have a really good defense too, so I don't think Ole Miss is going to score as much as what they what they typically have. But I'll 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 give them an even thirty, and uh, Penn State in this one. Um, I mean, Ole Miss can play some defense too, so yeah. it's not like Penn State's going to just be able to sling it on them or run them over or anything like that. So I'll I'll give it. I'll give uh I'll give Penn State twenty one. We'll go thirty twenty one. Ole Miss. Mm. Love it. Love it. Yeah, there's our uh, there's our New Year's six games. Uh, yes, other sir. fun games that are going to be happening are that I think, and we don't have to talk about them all that much. But I think Wisconsin and uh, LSU 
sounds like a fun matchup on New Year's Day. That's the let me check which bowl that is. The Relia Quest Bowl. Then we got uh let's see. Notre Dame and Oregon State in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Clemson, Kentucky in the Gator Bowl. <laughs> These are awful. Yeah, so we're getting close. We're get we're finally getting to some of the games that that you want to watch, I feel like. So Oh yeah. <laughs> Grab some popcorn and just watch them. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Get your popcorn ready to watch Cade Klubnik sling oh, it. Gosh, yeah. Just making and hopefully my day. keep Clemson from a five-loss season. It's just sad when I look at my phone and I see Rutgers is winning by two touchdowns against Miami, and, I, and Miami somehow is stealing two recruits from Ohio State. I do not know how. I do not know how this team steals recruits. And I know it's the money, but it's <laughs> mind-boggling when you say when these guys say, "Yeah, I'm going to go get developed at Miami." I'm like, "What?" Excuse well, me. Developed as in, I mean, they still do put out a good amount of first. They round do, picks. but it's the not idea that Ohio, like, not that it's as many or more than no. Ohio State, but it's like the can, Scott, the Scott guy that they signed. They flipped from Ohio State. To me, was mind boggling. You know, like again, it, it's again Miami. Just in general, we both have been so frustrated with that program because it's like they have everything at their disposal to be great, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they just don't use it. <laughs> yeah, they got the, they got the pedigree. Rutgers. They got. Yeah, they got the pedigree. They're losing they to the, a they're losing to Rutgers, who has a quarterback who's barely ever thrown over like a hundred yards in a game. Like this dude's like nine of whatever today with like eighty four yards. It's just to me, it's just it's hilarious to me. It just really is. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know how many guys Miami had opt out either. It's but fine. It's just funny. I'm I'm hearing from a lot of people though. Next year is like the year to really. That's what they said this year. Miami seriously. No, 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 not this year. This year was like okay. It's it's got to be better than last with not being bull eligible and stuff, but, but if they're, but this, this year, so if they're not better than they were this year, next year, I think that's when you really have to start looking in the mirror and going, what's going on. Yeah. I mean, if you're finishing seven and five again, you're, that's, that's three years of Mario yeah. crystal ball and not exactly what you're looking for, given how much you're paying yeah. him. So True. we'll see what happens. 12 team playoff though. So if they can just, you know, go nine and three. There's a shot they could get in. That's true. But yeah, we'll find out. Um, so I think that can be a, a wrap on college football. We can yes, sir. move to some NFL discussion. And I know the Browns are playing tonight. So there's, I mean, you guys already know the final result of this, but it's still up in the air that if the Browns win out and enough teams uh, lose games, that they can <laughs> they can get the one seed even with uh, uh, going through four quarterbacks this season. Yeah, it, it is. I'll be honest, Josh, watching this game, watching this team, man, it's, this like last week was just awesome to watch. Like, yeah, he threw two picks Flacco. Joe Flacco has been, I never thought I would say this as a Browns fan, but I love Joe Flacco. And the fact that this guy came off the couch and Amari Cooper is like, also Amari Cooper awakened from some dream. He's now the guy that everyone wanted him to be. And also Josh, wasn't that a steal of a trade, a fifth round pick for Amari Cooper. Yep. And mm-hmm. now they do need to resign him. Please resign him, Browns. If you're listening, please resign him. Do not let him walk. Uh, we do not want to be the Chiefs who have no receivers. Like we don't want to be that. We don't want to have a cryberry be over quarterback. But that's besides the point. Um, yeah. No. But if we look at this Browns team, man, I, I'm so like proud to be a Browns fan. Like Josh, we've been through so much crap over the last 20 years, <laughs> and to be able to finally watch a team that's like even more than the 2020 team that's like competent on defense, like really good on defense. And now is starting to figure out offensively. Najoku's looking like a really smart extension signing, really smart draft pick. Um, the run game scares the daylights out of me because they can't run the ball. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens again. As you're watching this, you probably know what happened with the Browns. If they won awesome. If they lost the jets, <sighs> that's all I want to, have to say. The Jets somehow always have their number. Um, but yeah, the Browns are are phenomenal. Josh, give me your thoughts. Yeah. Um, with uh, no CJ Stroud, we had a feeling that Cleveland was going to win this game and, and possibly the domin- fairly defense easy. Dominated. Yeah. Pulled the starters a little early. They had to throw them Stupid, back in. Stupid. Because... Dumb. Just don't. Just just yeah. finish the game, man. <laughs> yeah, finish it strong, but. Uh, given everything that they've had to deal with, all the injuries on the offensive line, all the injuries at the running backs, going through four quarterbacks, and the injuries that we've had on defense even, I don't care how easy the second half of our schedule's been. In the NFL, if you're making the playoffs, you're one of the 
best teams in the league, obviously. And it's something that uh, they can really build on next year and make next season like that season that this better freaking be the Super Bowl season, yeah. if you will. So yeah, that means you got to do things like uh, keep Amari Cooper around, hopefully a, a fully healthy and ready Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb back, uh, as well as everybody back on that offensive line. But at least right now, yeah, I mean, it's uh, they got 10 wins right now and they haven't officially clinched. I feel like Matt, they're just like, like 99%, I think. Yeah, it's like 99%. Yeah, get in. It, it just hasn't mathematically happened. But if enough teams lose Sunday, even if they lose this week, I mean, they're they could end up getting one of those spots. If you go 10 wins, it's it's hard to miss, especially with seven seeds now. Yeah, but. Yeah, just uh, just got this game with uh, the Jets and then the Bengals, I believe, and then the Ravens. Uh, they got to lose either to Pittsburgh at the end of the season or Miami this week. No, they have to lose both in order oh, for the they Browns. Have they have to lose both, oh. which makes it harder. Yeah. But that's tough. But speaking of the Browns, question, Josh. Yes or no, the Browns should re-sign Joe Flacco. Yes. If he's willing to come back and be our backup, clearly he's proven to be the most – Competent second option if uh, if our starting quarterback can't go. It's like, please I don't get rid want, of PJ Walker. Yeah, I don't want to see PJ so Walker bad. DTR again. I mean, the also DT- package with DTR. DTR is fun, but. Well, he's hurt. He's done for the year. So now we have PJ Walker again as a backup. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, if Flacco's willing to come back and be a backup again, I'd I'd say keep that guy around. Mainly because Deshaun Watson's very unreliable right now. This season, more than any season, has proven that. You need to have a, a capable, reliable back over the NFL on the roster. All yeah. over the NFL. I feel like almost every team's experienced it. <laughs> That's true, and it's crazy. And the other question I have is, what do you do about Dewan Jones? Do you give him the starting job next year and get rid of Jack Conklin? Yeah, that's tough because... Dewan Jones was good, like very good. Yeah, and... Conklin's. I, I mean, this he's been injured so much, man. Hurt. Yeah, this ain't the first time he's been hurt. So I don't know if there's uh, something there where they can uh, cut him and save some money, or if they uh, want to give him one more shot and just keep Dewan for and Conklin for depth, or maybe make Dewan the starter and Conklin like come in as like a second option. I don't know if that's something that uh, could be worked out. But if I had to pick one right now, um, just based on, I mean, not that Dewan's been the most healthy guy either. But just for future purposes, I mean, I don't know how much longer Conklin's going to be in the league. Yeah, it's true. Um, Speaking of injury and releasing and stuff like that, Josh, there was big news in the NFL the last couple of days. And that is, it appears, appears in quotes, that Russell Wilson might be getting either cut and or traded, but no one's going to trade for that contract from the Broncos. Answer this question, Josh. This was the worst trade in NFL history, yes or no? As of right now, I mean, it's there's a very good chance it, it could be. I'm trying to think of some other uh, trades. We know about the Saints trading all their drafts. Deshaun Watson is looking like a bad one. <laughs> Deshaun Watson, I mean, that one still has to uh, play out it's like before we can know. But I yeah. think we know enough about the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, his number. The thing is, his numbers this year are not that bad. They're better than Patrick Mahomes. They're the same as Baker Mayfield. It's just the fact that he's had some tiffs with, I think, Sean Payton, and that hasn't helped. Yeah, and then like just some some bad bad moments. But yeah, this the whole cutting thing. I think the timing of it's gonna play into effect or play a factor too, just because they can save a little bit of money if they wait. But they're waiting to kind of cut him, possibly. Yeah. Um, Definitely, yeah, definitely uh, up there as one of the worst trades. Um, I'm sure that there's a nice list of trades that we can go through and be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. That was terrible. But this one, yeah, this definitely didn't work out. Where do you think is the most logical place for him to go? Like, where do you think would, where, if, when he would go to another team, where do you think that kind of fits? You know, obviously we haven't done our mock drafts or anything, but where do you think would fit for him uh, as a, as a a location? Dare I say New England or Atlanta? That's what I was thinking. I thought Pittsburgh maybe as well. Like I think Pittsburgh kind of fits that. They they need a guy that's a veteran presence maybe too. Yeah, I don't. It depends on if Pittsburgh's ready to move on from Pickett. I'm not convinced they are, but Atlanta, I mean, they're 
they're flipping between Heineke and Ritter over there. Or, and or it, Commanders. That's another place, too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Sam Howell's getting benched for Jacoby Brissett, so I thought that he might have found a spot or that they might have found a guy that they can give a shot. But, yeah, it's uh, there, I mean, there's also the shot that Russell Wilson could end up like Cam Newton and just nobody wanting to deal with that, even with the being yeah. a more talented quarterback than some of the other he, guys he in the is, league. It's he like, is a pain sometimes to deal yeah, with. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to deal with that. So it's like nobody wants a popular backup quarterback and nobody wants to deal with a guy that, they kind of already know what he is. Yeah. So it's true. Yeah, it's tough to say, but maybe Atlanta, maybe New England, maybe Pittsburgh. Any maybe Washington. Any other news you want to talk about in the NFL or anything really? Or or shall we call it the old episode? Um, I'm just gonna throw out that I really loved watching Oakland complete their last pass in the first quarter and still somehow oh, dude. with two I, defensive touchdowns beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you hate how much that the Chiefs are whining like babies? I hate it so much. It annoys yeah, this, me. This was the season where it was like, I mean, I've never really been a Chiefs hater. I think watching Patrick Mahomes. I've always loved last, it. Yeah, but it's this year's think, just annoying. Yeah, this year it's they've just they've they're made bad themselves hate. They've made <laughs> themselves hateable. <laughs> yeah, and they can't handle it, and they they've made themselves hateable. Uh, the whole Travis Kelsey sideshow with. Taylor Swift and being on every single commercial, which annoys the crap out of me, man. And Patrick Mahomes being on so many commercials and then them complaining about calls and then, which by the way, the offsides call, Hey Patrick, it's offsides. Like, I don't understand why we're arguing about it. Like to me, it's just bonkers. I really don't. Yeah. And then, and then the two, uh, the two defensive touchdowns at Oakland or not Oakland Vegas. Beggy Scott and this one is just like yeah. I and you love, love the and you love the corner when he just looked back at Patrick like hey I got you, yeah. <laughs> like that that is just brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the it, way, if the Raiders went out, they could be uh, nine and eight. <laughs> to me, the weirdest thing is also Antonio Pierce deserves that head coaching job, but that's besides the point. Um, yeah, the Chiefs are one of those teams where this is the first time they've really sensed not being the greatest team. And I think this is a, an element, a testament of the fact that they were not willing to pay their top players, you know, Tyreek Hill um, and going out and getting guys like they thought, oh, we have Travis Kelsey. Like, yeah, he's good, but he's 34. Like, he's not the same young buck. They don't have any recept weapons outside. They're running back. They don't have a stud running back. Um, their defense isn't that good. Um, yeah. Uh, to be honest, I love the Browns to see them play them. Oh, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. A defense to go against Patrick Mahomes would be phenomenal. It could be fun, yeah. Um, and this was, I mean, Kansas City has been one of those teams after we saw him win a Super Bowl last year after Tyreek Hill left and basically just having Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster to go with Kelsey. It's like Patrick Mahomes is really one of those few quarterbacks that can win with whatever you, you put around him. And this season we're learning, okay, that's that's obviously not the case. No, and he's got 14 picks this year. Mm-hmm. Wild. It is yeah. it is truly wild. Baker Mayfield has better numbers than him. Crazy. Crazy. That is crazy. But, Josh, to finish the show, I have one question for you. Do you yeah. have any New Year's resolutions this year or New Year's goals? Well, I haven't thought about it yet. Um, usually I do like to try to – Pick somewhat of a goal, and it's then never. We should have a challenge going into next week's show. We should pick our goals, and then share yeah, with them on air. One or two, maybe. Yeah, I like to pick something uh, more specific because then it it seems a lot more attainable, and you can see that instead of just saying like, "Well, I want to exercise more." It's like, <laughs> okay, that's that's pretty broad and pretty bland. I feel like, but if you can be like, "I want to read like ten books this year," or I'm going to go and uh, visit five states this year or something like that. It's like, okay, that's like a goal that you can see and that if you achieve it, you'll know it. I saw, I saw someone said, <laughs> I had a resolution in 2019 to read the Bible in the year. Hey, I finally completed it. <laughs> <laughs> Bible's tough to get through, but I mean, it's possible in a year. People it is. Do it. That is true. Well, we hope you all love this this week's episode. Now, I know... I know I have people that have reached out to me and said, hey, we haven't talked soccer or baseball. Like, look, we'll get there. 
But football season's right now. It's the prime time for football, so we are focusing on that. We will talk about basketball coming up. We will talk about baseball and the offseason moves and spring training's right around the corner. So we'll talk about those things. Don't worry. Those things will be happening. Um, but if you've enjoyed this episode on the of the podcast, go ahead and click that thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, hit that notification bell on YouTube. Let us know that you love the episode. Let us know what we should be doing next by commenting your favorite Travis Kelsey moment on a commercial and or <laughs> Taylor Swift moment on any Chiefs game that takes away from most time watching football. Please let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Josh and I could sit here for hours and tell us tell you how annoying it is, but that's besides the point. Uh, and if you've loved w- listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, share the link with friends and family. Let them know about us because we are truly here to have fun, joyful, not talking about how crazy things are, but no. Anyways, we hope you guys have a great New Year's. Stay safe out there. Don't do anything stupid. All right. Okay. If you drink, just make sure it's separate from fireworks. All right. Let's not put the two together. Um, let's uh, just have a good time with friends and family. Celebrate the celebrate 2023 and celebrate 2024. And until next time, we'll see you next year.